Celtics are hitting the road, so let's hit the mailbag. Questions about seeding, questions about the depth of this team, Grant Williams' contract, matchups in the playoffs, and let's get personal. My evolution from a Celtics blogger to a beat writer, how's life different for me? I'll talk about it all right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team, step back. We gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, gapping up the truth on the sideline. Raining Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics, pod, home of the winners. B. Hey, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. And I'm here for you every single day, Monday through Friday, plus bonus podcasts over the weekend. So, yes, whatever happens against the Atlanta Hawks, I will give you a bonus podcast, even if it's 15 minutes. I'll give you something after the Atlanta Hawks game. So subscribe wherever you get your podcast, whichever app you use. You can find Lockdown Celtics. You can also find it on YouTube. Watch the show, uh, join in, see all my crazy Greek gesticulations, and uh, hop into the comment section. Make, you know, whatever jokes, comments you want there. Join some threads. I really want to see this comment section become a home every day for Celtics fans to have good, honest discussion. I'm John Corrales. I cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. I used to play way, way back in the day. Now, uh, besides covering the team, I've written a book called Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. Celtics are hitting the road. They had a, a brief practice. I think it's more of a film session. Marcus Smart said he's banged up. Uh, talked about the officials. If you haven't seen the Fred Van Vliet video out there, Google it. It's NSFW. Uh, not safe for work. Not safe for your kids. But it is safe for anybody who wants to hear a player be honest about bashing the refs. So I highly recommend that. Uh, Marcus Smart co-signed that. And I wouldn't be surprised. It'd be hilarious, actually, if the league came down and was like, you know what? What Fred Van Vliet did was so bad, just by you co-signing it, you get a fine. Uh, Fred Van Vliet's going to get dinged the maximum amount, which is, what, 10000 20 whatever it is. He's going to pay the fine. He said he was willing to pay the fine. But, whoo, he named names. He named names. <laughs> so uh, Marcus kind of hopped on that. It's like, yeah, I'm going to let Fred do all the talking. So... <laughs> Fun times there. Uh, that was about the extent of it. The Celtics are heading out. So with nothing new, with nothing crazy, uh, and and that game, that that last game kind of being a dud against the Portland Trailblazers, nice win, as I said in yesterday's show, recapped it all there. Kind of a little bit of a gift from the, the Blazers for, for coming out completely flat and staying flat for most of the game. Celtics did what they had to do. Great. Move on. So I thought this was a great day with the extra day off to open up the mailbag. People went to johncorrales.com slash mailbag. They submitted questions. Later on, my old friend Mike Dynan, who used to blog with me at redsarmy.com, is a Celtics historian and was quoted in my book, has a question about my evolution from a blogger on a fan site to a beat writer covering the Celtics. And, you know, uh, sure, I, I think I think it is kind of interesting how I have to approach things differently. So we'll, we'll do that in the third segment. Second segment, Grant Williams, his contract, what's a fair contract for him. That's going to be a big topic, especially the way he's been playing lately, plus matchups. But let's start here with Sean. 
Sean, oh, by the way, no, actually, we're going to start with this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Those of you in Massachusetts, you want to hop on now because it's about to go live in Massachusetts. So hop on FanDuel, get that, that deal there. All right, now we can go to Sean's question, who said, Earlier in the season, I kept hearing the plan was to start off the season really strong, lock up the number one seed, and then our stars will be able to rest. None of that is happening right now. Should we be concerned? Well, they started out hot, uh, locking up the number one seed. I don't know. I will push back a little bit on that question just because I don't think anybody expected the Celtics to run away with the top seed. So I think the phrasing of the question was, lock up the top seed, then our stars can rest. I mean, ideally, ideally, the Celtics could have a big enough lead over the last week where the Celtics can selectively say, okay, here's an extra day here, here's an extra day there for for these guys. But I I think Milwaukee was always going to be too good for, for the Celtics to run away with the East. But concerned? No, not concerned. I mean, I, I think over the past week, the show's, People who listen regularly can tell this is the most concerned. It's the lowest I've been on the team this year. I've certainly been uh, more negative, and I'm generally a positive guy. I generally have a pretty good uh, demeanor about myself when it comes to covering the team. It's a long, it's a marathon, it's not a sprint, but they did stumble here. So I, I, I have expressed some concern. I think whether we should continue... That concern kind of depends on how this road trip goes, especially these first couple of games. You're playing Atlanta. You're playing the the Rockets. Those are teams that the Celtics think are beneath them for sure. Uh, And and those are the games where the Celtics struggle. So if they come out and kind of mess around with either of those teams, if they lose to either of those teams, then this becomes a little bit more of a concern uh, that the Celtics aren't doing what they need to do. I think the lesson from the Portland game is Handle your business early, sit late. And if you if you're tired, if you're Jason Tatum and you're Jalen Brown and you're tired, I think the answer is go all out in the first two, three quarters and sit just take yourselves out of the game by having a 25-point lead at the beginning of the fourth quarter, and maybe the bench can hold on to it. So if they can do that, then we'll see. I think everybody will feel better about themselves. So concern, not overly concerned now, but I am looking at it like kind of side-eyeing this team. I still don't think that Jason Tatum, I think Jason Tatum should be in playoff mode right now. I don't think Tatum should be playing in back-to-backs for the rest of the season. And I'm not sure how many, I know they have got one coming up, but I, I'm, I don't think, so Portland, Utah on Friday, Saturday, uh, I don't think Tatum should play in both of those games. Milwaukee, Utah, sorry. Play Milwaukee, don't play at home against Utah. I think it's time to start in Philly, Toronto. Play Philly, don't play against Toronto. It's time to get him in playoff mode, which means as a spider comes down, get out of here. You don't belong here. You know, I'm not going to kill a spider. I'm just going to relocate it or play a yo-yo with it. This is why you need to be watching on the YouTube and you can't even see it. But I tell you one thing, when it's about an inch from your face, that, that looks like the tarantula 
<laughs> I think the when I say playoff mode for Tatum, uh, it's big minutes. It's there's the time for 32 minutes a game is done unless it's the fourth quarter and he sits. But if it's a close game, you play him, you play him 38, 39, 40 minutes. He's got to be used to his body's got to be used to that because that's what he's going to be playing in the playoffs. But also, don't do it on the back to backs. Play Portland. Don't play Utah. Take three days off or pl- don't play Portland. Go Atlanta on Saturday with two days off. Day off, go to Houston. Day off, go to Minnesota. Take two days off. Don't play them against Portland. We've already seen the, the Blazers. You know, you don't need them against Portland. Take that day off. Play them against Utah. Two days off, Sacramento. Two days off, come home, Indiana. Maybe you don't have that long road tip hangover against Indiana. And you don't play them at home, Utah, that final game. That, that's, the, that's the playoff cadence. That's playoff cadence. That's travel days. That's everything. So... That, I think, should be the plan for uh, Tatum. Tatum especially moving forward. Jalen, not quite so much because he's had so much time off with injuries and stuff. He's in a little bit of a different boat. And this goes into Mike Dixon's question about uh, Bob Ryan called this team the deepest he's ever seen. Why doesn't Joe use them? Tatum is clearly tired, but he plays 36 minutes a game. So I I do think the Celtics need to, to rely on their depth when they can. As I've said before, when when you're at the end of the game and if if the plan is to uh, have the ball in Jalen or Jason's hands, then you can use your depth and go with Derek Malcolm Brogdon, either with smart or without smart um, and, and just have shooters on the floor. You got to have you got to have those shooters on the floor. So. Um, but. Also, keep in mind now that we are into the final month of the season that the the season uh, ends on April uh, 9th, and I'm recording this on March 9th. So the season ends in a month. So the Celtics are kind of the depth. It, it should be there on back-to-backs. That's when you use it. Um, it should be there situationally at this point with Peyton Pritchard, um, who might be out for a while, actually. Pritchard actually has a, a heel injury. He might be out for a while. But Sam Hauser. Uh, you know, White and Brogdon bump up their minutes a little bit, bump up White's minutes a little bit, uh, lean into that depth. Uh, but the final month of the season is actually when you start paring down some of the the um, the rotation. So at this point, what's done is done. What's done is done. And I think there will be time after the season for a postmortem. If the Celtics don't win a championship, this will be a topic. This will be a topic. Whether... They used the depth properly uh, will be a topic, depending on how things go. If they win a championship, then we can't say a damn thing because it worked. And it doesn't matter how you get there. As I always say, it doesn't matter. You you show up. If you're invited to dinner at 5 o'clock and you show up at 5 o'clock, no one's going to ask, what route did you take to get here? It doesn't matter if you drove backwards down side streets. As long as you got there at 5 o'clock, you're there. And that's it. If the Celtics win a championship, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter how many timeouts Joe Missoula called. Doesn't matter how many threes they shot. If they win a title, then it all worked. I'll come up next with matchups and the Knicks and also Grant Williams' contract. That is next. First, today's show is sponsored by Better Help. People who know me know that I am a, a big proponent of therapy. 
taking care of yourself, mental health uh, is, is something that I believe everybody can benefit from. And I know that going to a therapist can be daunting, right? You have to look for somebody who's around. You feel limited. You feel like you can't afford it. You feel like uh, if you don't like the therapist, you, it's hard to change because you got to find somebody that's near work or near home. The thing about BetterHelp is that it kind of eliminates a lot of that stuff. You, It's all online. So whatever you're comfortable with, is it Zoom type calls, video calls? Is it texts? Is it phone calls? However you want to do it. If you're not comfortable with somebody, switching is super easy. They have therapists that are trained in all sorts of different fields. So whatever it is that your particular, um, what, what you're particularly trying to address, they have people who are dealing with that specifically. So if you want to try therapy, then you can give BetterHelp a try. Convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, switch anytime for no additional charge, right? This is, uh, this is your chance to start giving yourself the, the love, the self-help that you need, that you deserve. Um, it's tough. I know it's tough. Trust me, I speak from experience. So give BetterHelp better help a try. That's betterhelp.com slash NBA. If you visit betterhelp.com slash NBA, you get 10% off your first month. So discover your potential with BetterHelp. That's betterhelp.com slash NBA. Thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Head on over to the Locked On NBA feed for your second and third listens. We Locked On Game to Game gets you each game in-depth with each side, uh, each side's take on uh, what happened. So you get caught up on the night in the NBA. And then Locked On NBA has the big picture, all the big stories from around the league on that particular day. I host on Wednesdays with Jake Madison of Locked On Pelicans. We're the longest tenured duo on this uh, network. So we've been having fun for years and years. And it's uh, I, I have a lot of fun doing that show. So check it out wherever you get your podcasts. Back to the mailbag. Jack M., I want to get your opinion on if the Knicks go against the Celtics in the playoffs, if that would be a problem, because it seems like they got the Celtics number. Uh, you know, look, the, the Knicks certainly played well against the Celtics. Uh, but I think I think the Celtics, it's it's not that the, if the Knicks had the Celtics number, then I don't think the Celtics would have had a lead to lose in that in that last game. Uh, I think the Celtics can handle the Knicks. I'm I'm so not worried about the Knicks or the Cavs for that matter. I'm not I know what happened in the regular season, but playoffs are a different animal. And I just feel like when the playoffs come around, things change a little bit. Celtics change a little bit. Uh I'm not concerned. That's this is why I want the top seed. So why I'm saying top seed has to be the goal. Because that 1-8 is going to be much better than one seven or one six or or I'm mean, sorry two seven or three six because the the Miami Heat can fall in there somewhere, uh, but if you're one eight, that's going to be Toronto or maybe Brooklyn falls that far or one of these other teams that I'm not really worried about at all. So you got to have that, and then your four five team is Cleveland or New York at this point. 
I'm, I'm really, I'm just not worried about a seven game series with those guys because I, I just feel like the Celtics have a different level of focus. And I think they, that could be five or six. If they play the Knicks, five or six games. I look, regular season is just a different animal. And if, as long as the Celtics are healthy, mostly healthy, fairly healthy, they will beat the Knicks. They will beat the Cavs. Uh, and I don't think it'll be much of an issue. So, uh, simple as that. Kane says, do you think the Celtics want to keep Grant this offseason? If so, what do you think a fair number is? Yes, I do think they want to keep Grant Williams. And a couple of reasons why. Okay, so this has been an offseason for him. This has been a tough one, but not a full season. It's been, it's been tough lately. So I've said many different times, many different podcasts, go back and listen to some of the last ones. In fact, the last one, the last segment of yesterday's show really gets me, uh, gives you my full feelings on Grant Williams. So I don't want to rehash all of that. But in general, my thought is that Grant Williams at his best is is vital. Like the Celtics don't win a championship unless Grant Williams is, is playing and playing well this season. They will not win a championship because Grant does so many things. They need him. Both ends of the floor. The Celtics are kind of built to need a guy like Grant Williams. He can he can play the four in a big lineup. He can slide to the three if he's in shape and play out on the perimeter. But he we've seen him go out and guard uh, James Harden in that Philly game. He can slide out to the perimeter and do that. Uh, he can hit the three if he if he plays within himself, which means don't try to do too much. If he just takes his threes, attacks, closeouts, and then drives and kicks to the open guys, then he will be very, very, very valuable in the playoffs. So I do think the Celtics want to keep him. I also think the Celtics have to keep him because they're at a point now where they're not going to find a player as good as him on the free agent market because all they have is their taxpayer mid-level. And that's about $5 million, $6 million or so. Uh, might be a little higher in next year's deal, but it's it's basically around that much money, $6-plus million. Regardless, that's not what Grant Williams is going to make, no matter what. Even if the Celtics say, anybody who wants him, make him an offer. There are going to be teams that are going to give him $12, $13, 14000000 million a year to start, for sure. That's what the going rate is for a guy who's as good as Grant Williams is. And he's still good. He's not playing well, but he is still good. So I, I'm not going to sit there and say uh, this little swoon is going to be – it's not a counter. It's not like a, a, a stock market where, oh, playing well, oh, your price goes up, you're playing poorly, oh, your price goes down. I think we've seen the best and the worst of him, and I think we know what we can expect, and I think we can expect him to get better and maybe some, maybe more consistent. So what's a fair price? Oh, by the way – uh, because the Celtics can't re-sign him, I think they're, that does give him the tiniest bit of leverage. I mean, he could go and get an offer somewhere else. All he needs is one offer, and and maybe it's a a weirdly constructed offer. Where okay, so what's my fair number? My fair number is four years, sixty million dollars, and that's. Starting at $14 million and about 8% raises. So by year four, he's making 17 and change. 
four years, 60 or so million dollars. That's, I think, fine. That's fine for a guy like Grant Williams. Maybe a little lower, 58 million. Okay, fine. That That's fine. Uh, but in that range, in that general vicinity. Now, if he goes and gets somebody who says, hey, we're going to pay you $20 million up front and we'll, we'll give you descending contracts, that could be a creative way to offer him the same amount of money, but hey, we're going to give you a big pay. It depends on who has the cap space, but we're going to give you a big payout. And why you do that is the Celtics are, are going to be deep in the tax next season. And, and maybe the Celtics say, well, wait a second. We don't want to pay this extraordinary amount of tax right now. And maybe we can find a different, a different option. Maybe they just are fine with Mike Muscala and goodbye, Grant. You, we're fine. We'll, we'll deal with it. We'll figure out another option. That, that is a, a way to get around the overpay kind of element. When you're a restricted free agent, you have to overpay for these restricted free agents. Um, so I'm not going to rule that out, but I think because teams don't want to be caught by the Celtics, you know, with, with the, the, what is it? 48 hours to make a decision. When you're uh, an opposing team, say the San Antonio Spurs come in and offer grants, a contract and a weird one. The Celtics can say, hmm, well, I think we're going to match, but we're going to wait two full days to, to match that. That no, the, the Spurs can't go out and do business. The Spurs can't go out because that money's already committed. You've offered that money to somebody else. So you can't, if you have 30 million in cap space and you decide that first year, you want to give 20 million of it to Grant Williams, then you have 10 million in cap space until the Celtics make a decision. So if another guy comes along and you want to sign him for 15 million, sorry, you can't do it because your money's tied up in Grant Williams. Because now that because you've made that offer, the league assumes, hey, if he takes that offer, boom, there's your cap space. It's gone. So you can't you can't game the system at all like that. Teams don't want to get caught up in that. Not for a player like Grant Williams, who's good, really good, but not the type of player that you mess up your offseason for. So I think the Celtics settle in a nice spot with Grant, giving him somewhere around $14 million to start, giving him some decent raises, um, and getting up to about $60 million over four years is totally fine with me because that's what, the, that's what it costs nowadays. Uh, and you remember, in a few years, there'll be new TV money. So uh, it's not like the old days where you sit there and go, oh, my God, Grant Millen's going to get $15 million to do what he does? Yeah, that's... Hey, man, the NBA, if you got NBA-level talent, there's there's the money to be made out there. So that's that. All right, we'll come back, and I'll answer Mike's question about my blogging days versus my beat writing days. Just a little peek behind the curtain. How do I do my job? That's coming up next. First, want to welcome FanDuel. They've been They've joined the network. They're the official sportsbook here of the Lockdown Podcast Network. They're America's number one sportsbook. We're America's number one sports podcast network. So it makes perfect sense that we would get together. And for those of you Celtics fans here in Massachusetts, once 
it goes live. You want to make sure you got that FanDuel app ready to go. So sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Why? Because you're a new customer. You get a no sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. That's a pretty good deal. Download this FanDuel Sportsbook app. Safe, secure, very easy to use. You get your money quick, quick. So uh, make sure you're you're checking it out. However you want to do it, however you want to lay money down, uh, you can do it. Parlays, everything that's there on FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's how you get your no sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't hit. So make every moment more with FanDuel an official sports betting partner of the NBA. We just ask you, please gamble responsibly. Andrew, during the game last night, said, why is it so much fun when Blake Griffin gets assists passing to Sam Hauser? I don't know what you're talking about, Andrew, but I think any assist to Sam Hauser is a lot of fun. Uh, why is it specifically with Blake Griffin? Why is that so much fun? Um, I don't know. I think people just like Blake Griffin doing things. Blake Griffin doing things is kind of cool. And Sam Hauser hitting three-pointers is also cool. So you combine cool things, and that makes them extra cool. That's my best guess. But I'll tell you what. I was watching that, and I wasn't thinking how much fun it was uh, other than, hey, Sam Hauser's hitting three-pointers. That's fun. Well, not fun for the other team, but fun for the Celtics. Which brings me to the final question here from Mike Dynan, my friend, my former colleague on RedsArmy.com, which I founded in 2006 with Chuck McKenney and really was my start in writing about the Celtics. He says, John, you've been out of blogging for a few years now, RIP Reds Army. As a beat writer, do you view the Celtics differently? Have you had, a cha- have you had to change your personal feelings about rooting for the Celtics? It's an interesting question because as a beat writer, um, I, do, I do have to remove myself from my fandom. So when I was you know, starting this in 2006, look, my story is, is, is uh, out there. It's, I grew up in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. Um, I grew up a Celtics fan. I was a child of the 80s. I saw the Celtics win championships. I, my basketball hero is Kevin McHale. I studied all of his moves. Uh, I used a few of his moves, the up and under, uh, the, all, all of his post stuff to become a pretty good basketball player. Uh, I scored uh, over 500 points my, my senior year in high school, uh, basically copying Kevin McHale. Uh, I, I carved out a, a really great career for myself playing basketball, uh, and all along was rooting for the Celtics. I've, I've been in the old garden. I was at the 2008 championship parade. Uh, I've, I still have a bunch of Celtic stuff hanging in a closet somewhere. I just can't wear it anymore. Um, and it's, it's different. I think when you get into this professionally, and also, as you get a little bit older, um, some of it, I think, at least for me, some of it kind of like evens out. Um, but as you get into this job and you're around the team every day, uh, you have to. You have to put the fandom aside because I'm not there 
to be kind of like geeking out. And, and as an aside, I mean, I'm almost 50. I can't be in the locker room and sitting there going like, oh, my God, Mark is smart. You're so great. And he's 28. Like, I mean, come on, man. I'm a grown man. I could be, I could be like, I legitimately could be Jason Tatum's dad. Okay. He's, he just turned 25. Okay. So I'm almost 25 years older than him. A 25 year old having just not even like, oops, I had an accident when I was in college, be your dad. I could actually be the father of multiple. <laughs> I'm old enough to be the, the dad of, you know, NBA aged players. So I have to just for the sake of like my own dignity, have to put any NBA fandom aside. Doesn't matter who walks in the door. If it's LeBron, if it's John Morant, if it's any of the superstars, it doesn't matter who it is to me. That's an interview subject. I gotta, I gotta comport myself in a certain way. So my general fandom has gone away in a lot of ways. Uh, and as a side note, this is part of why I love the WNBA so much because over the summer, my, my season is over and hopefully it goes into, you know, May and June. My season is over. My summer begins. I have, especially with the Celtics not having a, any kind of real draft uh, elements to their team anymore. I don't have to pay attention to the draft quite, quite as closely. Um, Free agency is kind of limited, so the Celtics might be, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't have, it's not like a ton of stuff is happening. Basically, middle of July through August and September, I'm kind of like, I get to chill out, kind of review the season, look ahead to next season. My workload lightens up a lot. And I get to go watch basketball as a fan. Now, let me tell you something. When I go down to Mohegan and I, I put on Connecticut sun gear. You've seen me wearing it on the YouTube page and I go out there and they throw the t-shirts and I'll be like, yeah, I want a t-shirt. Even though I'm a two XL and they're throwing out larges, doesn't matter. I want that t-shirt. I'm standing up. I'm rooting. I'm yelling at the refs. Um, not too much because those refs could become NBA refs and I kind of watch myself there, but I am saying, come on, you got to make that call and stuff like that. I am, I am doing that for sure. I love it because I am a basketball fan. So I get to just unabashedly say the Connecticut Sun are my favorite team and I get to go root for them and just be a fan, have a drink, watch a game. So much fun. But it's hard. You know, like I said, Red's Army was, that was my baby for I me. Mean, I gave it up in 2017. So 11 years of blogging and actively rooting for the team. So to go in and put aside a lot of that is hard. But one thing I always say is my loyalty is to the game of basketball because it's the game of basketball that has given me all of this. The game has given me my profession, my life, my worldview, a lot of who I am as a person is forged from the relationships that I've built through playing basketball, through lessons I've learned that apply to basketball and life. And so 
my loyalty, my number one loyalty is to the game. And it doesn't matter what jersey the guys are wearing in front of me. Are you playing the game the right way? Then I will let you know. Are you not? Then I will say that you're not. Because my loyalty is to the game. Respect the game. Play the game the right way. Understand what the game needs. Understand what the game is telling you. Understand how people fit into the game of basketball. And I think all of that gives me a, a unique perspective that I can share on this podcast, but it's basketball that gave me this podcast. It's basketball that's given me this life. And so it doesn't matter if I'm covering the Celtics or the Pistons or the Sixers or, you know, teams that I grew up loving or teams that I grew up hating. I go out there and I think I try to cover them very, very fairly. Um, I will tell you, even if it's a player that I'm not exactly fond of, Joel Embiid comes to mind. If Joel Embiid's playing well, I'll say it. I'll tell you he's playing well. Um, and it doesn't matter. Like, I try not to be... I mean, I'll throw some digs in for sure because, you know, it's fun and it makes for fun podcasting. But do I root for these guys? I've said this before on the podcast. I think when you are covering a team as a beat writer... There is a piece of you because you see the work that they put in. You see the the level of uh, what they're going through. And if they're a likable team, you can, you, you can kind of find yourself saying like, all right, man, I hope it works out for these guys because they've worked hard for it. But I'm not sitting here like cheering for anybody. I'm not cheering. Uh, but I will say, I'll wrap it up with this because I'm podcasting and podcasting is also my job and it's separate from my beat writing job. And my, my podcasting is talking directly to Celtics fans. I retain a little bit of that kind of spark. And I, I dip into that well for the podcast because I feel like I connect with you listening or watching when we are kind of going through the same stuff. Now I'm not going through it. I can't let myself go through it as deeply as you. I have to maintain my objectivity. Again, my loyalty is to the game. And that's how I get to sit here after a tough loss and say, it's not so bad or, oh my God, this is terrible. And I get to tell you kind of how I see it as I think it is not as I am like through green goggles. I will tell you after a huge win, I'm like, mm, I don't like the way that went. I'll be honest with you. I think I can separate myself from that and be honest with you. But I also let myself feel enough of it so I can be like, yeah, I, I, I feel like that one was gross. I, I feel like I'd be pissed if I was watching this, you know, and, and that's what I did this past, these past few uh, blown lead games, Brooklyn, New York, Cleveland. But again, Cleveland's a good example because Cleveland, not so much Cleveland. I was like, eh, that's not, that's where I let, you know, that's where I, I, I separate myself. And I say that, that, that one was not so bad. That one actually, I'm not, I'm not too worried about that game. That one was different, but New York and Brooklyn, that's like, what are you guys doing? And that's where I kind of say, 
you know what? This is where you tap into the emotion. This is a, these two games, this is where you tap into the emotion. And you really kind of, that was appropriate. So it's a juggling act. I, I will say that I think my education at Emerson and, you know, the ethics, um, the ethics classes and the, the training that I had about being objective and all of that stuff has all, is all part of this. It's a unique, it's a unique time because my job requires me to be beat writer straight down the middle, but also a columnist where there's opinion and also a podcaster where there's emotion. And I'm talking to you as a Celtics fan and you, you're coming to me and saying, John, that loss sucked. What, 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 what am I supposed to think here? And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like with you on some things like, yeah, you know what? It sucked. Go be pissed. Or actually, no, you know what? Chill out. That one wasn't so bad. Or, Hey, this is great. Let's celebrate this thing. I got to have all that stuff. And it, it does kind of blur some of the lines, but in 2023, the lines get blurred, man. The lines get blurred, but I think about all this stuff all the time. And I think about what's appropriate. And I think, I hope it shows up in podcasting and I, I hope it shows up in my writing and I hope it shows up in my tweeting and radio appearances and all the other stuff that, that I do for, for you, the Celtics fan. So that's it. If you've got any other questions like that, my process, my, you know, any, anything like that, that you find interesting, hit me up. I'll, I'll spend time in a mailbag talking about it. Um, because I, I do, I do think it's interesting. I, I feel like if, if you're turning to me for entertainment and information and perspective, and you kind of want to know where that comes from, I'm happy to share that stuff with you. Um, I'm just a dude who played basketball, who loves basketball and who grew up in Celtics land. And I want to, I want to give back to the game. I want to give back to the team because I learned so many lessons from Red Arback and Bill Russell and guys along the way, obviously Kevin McHale. Uh, I've learned a lot about life through the sport and I just, I just love it so much. And I, I, I would do this if I hit the lottery. Well, maybe it depends if I hit that $200 million, maybe I might stop podcasting maybe, or maybe I'll do it a little less frequently, <laughs> but if I did hit the lottery, you might see me courtside instead of in the media section because uh, it'd be fun to go watch the games as a fan again. All right, that's it. That's it. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Enjoy your weekend. This is Friday. Go have fun this weekend. Stay safe, but have fun. Saturday night is hopefully going to be a nice night with the Celtics. Jalen Brown going home to Atlanta. Hopefully he puts on a little bit of a show. Hopefully I get to slander the Atlanta Hawks because I just love giving Trey Young some digs. So hopefully the Celtics can kind of give me that. If I'm going to give you a bonus podcast, at least the Celtics can give me some kind of fun to have on a, on a Saturday night. So subscribe uh, if you're not subscribed yet and uh, hop on that YouTube page, ring the bell, get notified when I drop a video and uh, share the podcast. Tell your friends, family, everybody that they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. 
How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.